to Lamestorming, a comedy game design podcast by two guys who know nothing about comedy nor game design. I'm Trevor Scott, and with me for the first time is Ben Slinger. G'day. So we're going to get straight into a segment that we like to call Click Pitch. Yes, and would you like to explain the idea behind this this game? So, in this segment, we'll have a random word generator on our screen. We're just going to hit refresh a couple of times and bring up a random word each. We'll say that word to each other and then come up with a game design idea around that. That's it. Should we play? We shall play. All right. I have the first word. So do I. Three, two, one. Distance. Minimum. Minimum, Minimum distance. distance. <laughs> All right, that's that's very sort of abstract. There's not a lot of a sort of actual uh, content there, but well, I'm I'm seeing it straight away. Okay, yeah. it's a racing game. Okay, but your your whole idea is that you've just been given here's your start point, here's your end point. Work out the minimum distance that you can go to get to your outcome. Okay, I get it. So I mean, obviously, the minimum distance between two points is always a straight line, obviously. But I gather there will probably be obstacles in your way. Yeah, but if you can work out how to go through the building and all yeah, that sort of okay. stuff, then that's actually you know what that is really cool. So uh, yeah, I'm I'm picturing sort of a, a somewhat of an open world kind of environment with just buildings and parks and people and bridges scattered around. But instead of instead of being scored based on how quickly you get to the end, although that's probably a factor, you're scored by how closely you basically stick to this straight line between those two points. Yeah, I, I don't think that you have to be first. I think you have to actually go the minimum distance. So if you can somewhat knock someone well out of the way and they've got to go a totally different way that actually takes them, you know, half a K longer. Okay, so there's the competitive as- aspect too. Maybe if, if you've got some sort of like destructible elements that once you go through, it blocks it for other people. So they have to sort of take a longer, they have to take a longer path around. Because I'm just picturing... You know, yeah, there's a building in your way, and okay, sure, you can go around the building if you're lame and boring. Mm-hmm. But if you do it right and you notice that there's a ramp there and a really large plate glass window, <laughs> then, uh, <laughs> the rest writes itself. I, I'm just picturing that, like the the mall scene from um, Blues Brothers. You know, yeah, straight through it. the middle of it and just smashing, smashing <laughs> all the all the windows. Exactly, exactly. So there's a bit of strategy there. You know, and you've got to make sure that it's not going to be too damaging to your car. You have to take that into account too. But of course, you could actually go all the way through and find out that like there is no window on the other on the other side, and therefore you've actually <laughs> have to backtrack all the way. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, well, you just fuck this race. <laughs> yeah, let's dig into it a little bit more. How, from an inter- interface point of view, you know, how how are you being told how far away from the the line you are? Is it just is it literally a straight line overlaid on your on your screen, sort of well, between the two? I'm points? actually thinking that you know, instead of a speed a speedometer, you just got the odometer, and you know it's telling you how far you've actually travelled so far. Right, and it it tells you how far everyone else has travelled as well, and then tells you how far away you are in a straight line to okay. your um, okay to your objective. Okay, yeah, that's pretty cool. I like that one. All right. Let's do another one. Mm-hmm. Three, two, one. Killing. Elevator. Did you say Ooh, killing? Killing elevator. <laughs> yeah, that's great. <laughs> All right. See, this one I can get behind or under. Well, no. If I get under, I'll get killed. Mm. Uh, so, 
So wait, are you a sentient elevator or are you somebody controlling the elevator? Well, if, if that's the way that you want to go, I've got I've got an idea that I'd that I'd bring to the table as well. All right, so this this elevator has uh it's it's not just a rampant killing machine because you know that would be crazy, but it is a sentient elevator and it has very specific targets in mind. Mhm. Uh but at at its core, you know, it's just a it's just all a game of timing. You just gotta hope that they try to step in. Just as they step in, you just fall just and you take in, their leg off, and they fall yeah. in, uh, <laughs> fall into yeah. the shaft. It's a, you've got control over your your up, your down, and your doors opening and closing, and that's pretty much it. Okay, see, I was taking it a totally different way. I was actually taking it that you'd have two spies, and they get into an elevator. With a whole heap of other people, and I'm thinking maybe VR, and you've you've got like your touch controls, and you're trying to like inject the the other spy with like some sort of syringe that was going to stop his heart, but you can't be caught by any anyone else, but you also can't kill anyone else. Yeah, there's a lot of challenge there, so it's almost a little bit spy party. I haven't played that one. I won't go into it. It's it's that sort of. It's very much around acting acting inconspicuously so that nobody knows that you're the spy. Also, that your opponent doesn't know that you're the spy. So this is this is almost similar, but in a VR environment. And so, are you playing against other actual people? I think so. I think it's a um, I think it's a one-on-one sort of game. But maybe you don't know who who else is the spy, and you've got to sort of work out in in the very short elevator ride. You're in an elevator with like a number of other people, all of all but one of which are out of uh, AI controlled NPCs. Yep. And one of which is someone else in a VR unit. Yep. <laughs> and they want to kill you. Yeah, and and vice versa. Oh, okay. Okay, so it's a spy versus spy kind yeah, of Yeah, spy versus spy. And, th- and therefore, you know, an elevator ride goes for what? Maximum of th- 60 seconds? So each round only goes for, <laughs> for a maximum of 60 seconds. Maybe on easy mode, you're going up a really tall building. <laughs> 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 but on expert mode, fifteen seconds max. On expert mode, uh, you just the, the elevator is broken. No, that doesn't make sense. <laughs> <laughs> on expert mode, it's just a, it's just one level. You're just going up one level, and it's a and it's a jet elevator. Like I, I'm picturing the elevator on like the Eureka Tower that just rockets straight up. <laughs> yeah. So in that case, what like I feel like it's going to be really easy to give yourself away because what you're going to have to do is implement a lot of random head movements and arm movements. And and nodding and, you know, maybe you can have it that you're scratching your head and all this sort of stuff. So people just like shuffling around. Because what if, what if like you're right at the back of the elevator and your target's at the front? You just have to, re- I guess you could just reach over. Yeah. <laughs> as long as they're not looking at you. Okay. Well, well, that's the thing. We're, we're saying, you know, yes, one of your things could be a syringe, but maybe, you know, you, one person's got a silenced pistol or, or someone's got a knife or... Right, and you have to, you just have to hide it. You have to hide the bulge. <laughs> yeah, maybe in a newspaper or something, and you know, kind of like um, like Counter Strike, you get to choose what weapon you're going to go yeah. into, into it with, and what you're actually going to hide it in. So maybe you got a, a silenced pistol underneath a newspaper. And of course, all the NPCs have their own things that they may or may not be carrying. They have hats on. So okay, so <laughs> so I'm thinking part of the strategy to figure out whether someone's an NPC is it like knocking their hats off and shit but without with being too obvious about it can you tell them their shoes untied and they bend over and their hat falls off and you're like all right they don't have a bomb under their hat there's not a stick of dynamite under their hat so they're not the spy well what if you knock the hat off and and they don't react 
And it's like, ah! <laughs> and they don't react. Well, this is the thing. To make it effective, it can't just be, oh, I've discovered that you're a dumb NPC, right? Although, oh, well, I guess maybe it is because if I, I guess the NPCs can be programmed to react to certain things. And the other actual player, the other spy, could also not react to something. And you go, oh, well, they're just an NPC because they didn't react to that. Mm -hmm. And then they turn around and stab you. (laughs) (laughs) Lag would be killer in that game. You see see one of the players jumping (laughs) around. It's like, well, fuck you. (laughs) Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah. Then you get a score based on, you know, did other people see you? Did um. You get a score based on what floor you were on when they died. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm thinking maybe one of your characters can can like create a distraction or something like that. And so everyone's looking at this this guy over here who's, you know, in pain and then you kill the <laughs> kill the other guy and it's like kill the only person who's not looking because they know it. <laughs> <laughs> and no one saw that you did it, so they don't know it was you. Oh, okay. So part of it is not letting the other NPCs even see you. Yeah, because otherwise they'll call the cops and then you've got to kill them. And that's not allowed. You can't just kill everyone in the, in the elevator. Well, it should be allowed because that might be fun. Okay. You just don't get points for it. <laughs> the biggest question is, can you just press all the buttons on the elevator to give yourself more time? <laughs> <laughs> I don't see why not. <laughs> but as long as the other person's not looking when you do it. But then, you know, one of the strategies could actually be you as a character, you get out on the first floor. Okay. You go up from the ground, you get up, you get out on the first floor and you've just run up the stairs and like. <laughs> <laughs> so they think they've made it to the top. <laughs> well, they think that one of the random NPCs in there is, is well, you. When re- in reality, you're running up the stairs. <laughs> They're trying to figure out who to kill. They make it to the top, the door opens and you just punch him in the face with a knife. Well, maybe you're maybe you already left your briefcase there, and you just explode the explode the thing. That's <laughs> <laughs> true. They don't notice the suspiciously unattended uh, bag that's left in the corner. Yeah. The other thing that comes to mind is: is there a fart element of gameplay to this elevator game? Because you know you can't have an elevator with without farts in an elevator. Well, you could you know maybe use some Agent Orange or something like that. And- <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that was a pretty gross orange I ate. Some ancient orange. <laughs> Mustard gas or something like that. <laughs> I assume that killing the uh, the other NPCs is, is a bad idea though. You'd have to you'd really have to target it. <laughs> you basically gotta be the character in uh, South Park Stick of Truth. Given that one of our word is is elevator. Even if you can leave the elevator, the only place that you can kill someone is within the elevator. So you could actually have other strategic things, like you're you're actually up on the top level. You can barricade staircases and all this sort of stuff, so that someone has to actually get in the elevator because that's the that's the only way down. I like the idea as well of being able to add spectators, but they just have to. Then they're not in VR. Like you know, we got to we got to pick up that that Twitch audience, but they just see it from the perspective of like the security camera in the elevator. <laughs> Either security camera or they, they see it, uh, select few people see it just from the the NPC's point of view, <laughs> but they don't actually get to control the NPCs like no, they're doing. They're just, they're, they're just possessing, they're just like uh, riding along in their head. Yeah, like being John Malkovich style. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> so so maybe, maybe occasionally they just drop in and then they drop out again. <laughs> you know how like when you couldn't take control fully, you only got like a minute within John Malkovich's head. Right. So okay, so you know what? <laughs> I'm thinking there's a bit of a microtransaction aspect to this game then. <laughs> you pay one dollar <laughs> and you get to be inside one of the NPCs for two minutes or for one elevator ride. 
<laughs> I'm not sure what benefit it gives the audience other than just the thrill of being part of this. Maybe we could have, you know, the, what was it, floor 12 and a half or whatever it was. <laughs> That's a little Easter egg. <laughs> That's what you have to kill them by. Uh, well, you know, yeah, it's pretty good. What would we call this game? Spy versus Spy. <laughs> well, that's taken. Mad Magazine would sue us immediately. A rise to kill. Elevated killing field? Jump before you hit the ground. <laughs> oh, elevated tension. Elevated tension. A game about spies killing spies in elevators. I wouldn't mind playing that game. That is our goal. We come up with the games. Someone else makes them so we can play them, please. Yeah, because we just... Even though Ben's a developer and I, I can test the thing because I'm a tester. We've both dabbled in some game development. We just we have kids and shit. We don't have time to actually make this stuff. But hey, we can take an hour a week or an hour every two weeks and uh, come up with ideas and hey, someone else can make them. Yeah. Let's click again. Three, two, one. Future. Trapping. Future trapping. Future trapping. All right. So some sort of... Bounty Hunter game. So what, you're thinking Time Cop? Something like that? Yeah, I'm thinking some sort of chase or some yeah, some sort of chase through time with the ability to be able to prevent them from coming back. So you can trap people in the future or in the past? Well, it's called future trapping, but maybe you can just trap them anywhere. Maybe you're sort of you're running through time portals of some sort, but you've also got some way to close them. You know, it's a it's a it's a multiplayer it's a multiplayer shooter. It's just like a first-person shooter. But it's non-lethal in the way of, like, you don't actually have a gun. You've just got almost like a, a portal gun sort of thing. Yeah, into into other time periods. And so each each map is a number of different time periods. But you also, there is causality. So if you do something in one of the past time periods, it can trigger something in the future. Mm-hmm. So you're chasing someone through London, World War Two. the bombs are falling. Mm-hmm. They fire a portal jump into the present day, 2016, but they close it before you can get through. But you know that they're probably going to like run through that uh, archway over there, you know, which you know is still standing. So you just destroy it and it falls on their heads and you can get your little message up in the corner that you killed them. <laughs> Actually, that doesn't make sense because that's like the looper. That's like the looper form of a time travel. Yeah. That you, you destroy it and it f- just falls down at that point in the future instead of having never existed. <laughs> yeah. So maybe it's more that you you like block off you block off away in the past so that they can no longer go there in the future because that pathway never existed and then so you can make your way back into the future and kill them. <laughs> I'm thinking you could also have like one person who um Oh, maybe maybe a group of people, sort of like a five-on-one sort of thing where you got five people trying to escape this time cop and the time cop can close the portals. Okay, so you've only got one person with like the power of these time portals. And everyone else is, is like just trying to um, stop themselves from being trapped. So maybe set little little traps for for the future time cop. He can, he can set up a, a portal to come into, into their particular time period. How would we, so? How would we bring in the actual time travel aspect? Because at the moment we're sort of just talking about it as, oh, you go through a portal and now you're in dinosaur times, but like, it's it's really just a different map that's dinosaur themed. Can we bring in that causality? Can we bring in changing the future in some way? Well, yeah, you, you'd want to bring in some sort of causality. Like, 
I don't know, maybe you can create paradoxes as one of the five players. Maybe that's your whole okay. thing that, you, that you're trying to create a paradox. So you're, trying you, to you're, li- paradox. you're literally going around trying to kill your own grandfather. So <laughs> <laughs> something like that. <laughs> or the grandfather of the time cop. So I'm thinking you you can create a paradox where you know you've killed the time you've killed the time cop's um, grandparents, but then because you didn't know about the time cop <laughs> chasing you, you didn't know about his, grand- his grandparents, and therefore the whole. The whole of reality just crushes in. Yeah, and your computer explodes. <laughs> <laughs> no, you win the game. Yeah. Oh no, of course you still win the game, but you just you just created a paradox inside your computer, like it just explodes. And in fact, you may have just destroyed all of space time. Yeah. So don't play that game. <laughs> it's dangerous. What are we doing? So <sighs> in in the trapping, you know, your your future cop is actually trying to just arrest these guys and trap them. You know, I've got a better idea. Yep. Okay. Go. <laughs> <laughs> so we've done too many. <laughs> We've done too many uh, multiplayer games. I I think this is more of a Monster Hunter-esque kind of Animal Crossing kind of game, but it's set in the future. So, you know, none of this planting your gardens, like, you know, Stardew Valley or whatever, but this this is hard future frontier farming and trapping and you're capturing future beasts on other planets. (laughs) <laughs> so th- so they're like hyper evolved yeah monkeys and monkeys with like 17 17 arms and tentacles yeah 35 tails yeah and five asses <laughs> of course um uh, yeah no you know it's it's that same sort of style even you can do the sort of nice retro 2d but you can die really easily in this game it's none of this it's not oh what am i going to do today am i going to go fishing am i going to mine something it's holy crap! There are there are thirty five um, future rhinoceroses coming up on me, and I haven't laid enough traps. One of them's got fifteen horns. <laughs> That's the leader. You know it's the leader because it has the most horns. <laughs> or do you know it's the leader because it's got the least amount of horns? Therefore, I can see better. <laughs> <laughs> These- these rhinoceroses have just evolved, you know, because everyone knows that more horns equals more evolved, but <laughs> at the detriment of being able to see anything. I'm not sure that's how natural selection works. <laughs> I'm sure it is. I'm trying to come up with a way. I'm trying to come up with a way where having more horns but being blind would provide the environmental advantage that a rhinoceros needs. I mean, I guess if there are monkeys with fucking 35 tails around, like you want as many horns as you can get in that situation. I know I would. Maybe some. Some rhinos have now got echolocation. Well, I mean, that's just natural, isn't it? If they if they can't see over their horns, then they, of course, generate echolocation. And it's through, like, the prominent horn at the front. They've got a prominent horn that's just evolved. And, they, and of course, based on that, they have giant ears as well, just flapping out the sides of their, <laughs> at the sides of their heads. And wings. They're kind of like a bat. <laughs> <laughs> they need the wings. Because everything needs wings. Why wouldn't why if you had if you could evolve into something why wouldn't you evolve wings I mean, exactly seriously if you, I, I'm I'm picturing though as microtransaction you can import some some characters that you created in Spore well in fact let's just let's just take the Spore engine your character gets evolved by playing if this is just this is actually just like the next stage of Spore it's an expansion yep and you go through your cellular stage your land animal stage your tribe stage, your city stage, your universe stage. And then as long as you get that far, you find Earth, right? Like, and one of your species gets dropped off and then you're a frontiersman playing traps. How do you trap How do you trap a rhinoceros with echolocation, 15 horns, 
that can fly. That's for the game developer to just work out all those details. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> yeah. We're just the pitchmen. Yeah, exactly. Figure it, figure it out. We're like those annoying guys that, that say, you know, that'll, that'll certainly be possible. Can we make it more... Trappy and futury, but less pasty. Yeah, there's a bit too much. There's a bit too much vegetable pasty in this one. Can we make it a bit more futury? Well, on that, I think things are calming down a little bit. We must be heading into the eye of the storm. So, welcome to the eye of the storm. This is where we're just going to do our housekeeping and and just let you know how to how to contact us. So you can check us out on Twitter. Uh, we're at lamestorming. Yep, it's all easy. Facebook.com slash lamestorming. Uh, you can email us podcast at lamestorming.com. Uh, if you search iTunes for lamestorming, you should be able to find us, and we'd love it if you could rate, review, and subscribe to us there, or subscribe to us in your favorite podcast application. Yes. Uh, we'd like to thank Kuradust, of which we're actually part of. Uh, I was the bass player, and Ben was the, the singer. Singer! You can check out the tracks from the from the start and end, as well as a whole album worth of tracks at kuradas.net. And we'd love it if you enjoyed this podcast. Check out our other podcast, Two Sweary Dads. That is a podcast about parenting and other dadly pursuits, although slightly less dadly pursuits now that we've started this podcast. Um, this is going to be a once a fortnight podcast. I suppose it's the easiest way of saying it. I don't ever like bi-weekly. Yeah, there's a bit of controversy over bi-weekly. Is it, is it once every two weeks or twice a week? It's not twice a week in this case. No, we've yeah. got kids. Ben's got three. Yeah. I've got one. We don't have time for this shit. We were, we were actually, you know, tossing up. Do we do this every single week and two sweary dads every single week? And I was like, that's two podcasts. That's too much. Too much. So yeah, every two weeks. Maybe in a couple of years when the kids get a bit older and you know they can actually join us on the podcast, then maybe we'll, we'll go down to two a week. But for the moment, our kids are going to come up with some great fucking game ideas. Oh yeah. Oh look, I just got us that explicit tag. <laughs> <laughs> Moving away from click pitch now, we're going to move into unnecessary movie tie-ins. Yeah, and this is a segment that we'll both pitch existing movies. We'll come up with game ideas based on those. And these are probably going to be... Because mo- most most movies that, that uh, call for a, a tie-in game already have one. So we're going we're gonna to come up with movies that don't have one and, and see what we can come up with. So I did have a list, but I added one to the list earlier in the podcast because it intrigued me making a, a, a tie-in game to being John Malkovich. <laughs> Particularly with with VR technology taking off the way it is, I feel like that would be really interesting. <laughs> so my thought, mm-hmm. my thought for this game is, well, I mean, the the very basic idea, obviously, is you're jumping into someone else's head, and at first you don't have any control. Mm-hmm. Now, I I don't know whether this is literally another person playing the game already. Ooh, uh, whose head you're jumping into? That could that could be actually be kind of cool, and. Maybe over time, or maybe there are things you have to do to figure out how you can start taking control of their body. But initially, yeah, you're you literally you're in VR. You know that this game is going to make a ton of people throw up because <laughs> because they're going to be in VR, but they're not going to have any control over what they, where they're looking. <laughs> Which is what being John Malkovich would really be like. Well, that's it. Yeah, so it's 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 a perfect time. So I'm thinking that you know. 
it's kind of like you've you've got to try and um, keep control of the body as long as possible. Yep. Almost a king of the hill sort of thing. Yeah, okay. Do you have some sort of goal, do you think? Like- yeah, to, to basically get focus and therefore be able to actually control the character a little bit longer. Yeah. I, th- I think you've got the action character that is doing stuff in the game, kind of like a Doom-like character. Okay, yeah. And, yep. you know, if you're getting kill streaks and all that sort of stuff, you know, you're keeping focus little bit better but if someone comes in with better focus so the only idea we're taking from being john malkovich is jumping into people's heads yeah and now the movie is literally just about shooting hell demons yeah (laughs) (laughs) it's john malkovich shooting hell demons what what do you want it to be you know um oh look john malkovich is now doing a puppet show and (laughs) (laughs) well there you go well it's vr man why hasn't anyone done puppets in vr yet that's fantastic so okay so here's the new game um, <laughs> you, you're John Malkovich. You're in the middle of your puppeting career. One person plays John Malkovich. The other person plays, well, I guess John Cusack <laughs> in his head, trying to keep control. <laughs> and so you're trying to put on a puppet show, <laughs> but you're, but the other person in your head is constantly fighting for control over your hands, <laughs> which makes, which I'm sure you can imagine, makes puppeteering very difficult. <laughs> well, well, just like in being John Malkovich, there can only be one John Malkovich in the world. Of course. So maybe it's like every single person in the world is literally fighting. <laughs> so it's basically Twitch plays Pokemon. It's Twitch plays John Malkovich. <laughs> And somehow it's just a series of commands by whoever managed to have the most focus by some other gameplay mechanic gets to gets to input the commands. You're just trying to put on a good puppet show, man. Like, <laughs> come on. You're and you get points by applause. And in fact, that's the Twitch audience too. Half the Twitch audience is trying to take control, and the other half is just watching the show and trying to be entertained. So the people with without VR headsets, which is most people in the world, um, they can only be in the audience. Yeah. And the people with VR headsets and touch controllers, you know, it's got to be the five controllers because you can't you can't have any of this Oculus shit. Well, the Oculus Touch, I mean, the Oculus Touch just is coming out soon. But it's going to cost like people another two hundred bucks. So it's like, what the fuck? Yeah, but it puts it it puts it on par. It puts it on par with the five. Anyway, we'll be cross platform. We need to be cross platform if we're going to sell this thing. Yeah, well, you really cross platform because you know maybe you can have people on PlayStation VR and they can do like a, a very dodgy version of of like the puppet. Show that doesn't <laughs> doesn't quite have all the controls. In this episode, Trevor's opinionated views on VR <laughs> that he hasn't used. <laughs> PlayStation VR has has move has uses the move and stuff. Yeah, but it's only using one camera. So you turn around, yeah, it's like, oh shit. <laughs> yeah, but you're putting on a puppet show. You shouldn't be turning around because otherwise the audience won't be able to see the puppets. True. If if you get down too low, though, again, that's for the dev. <laughs> that's for the dev to figure out. They True. Can- they're dealing with the details. We're just dealing with the fucking amazing ideas. Yep. Being John Malkovich, the game. The, the puppeteering simulation game. That's a good start. Well, you're going to have to bear with me on this one. I'm going to take you on a little bit of a ride. All right. All right. So, Super Mario Brothers, the movie, the video game. Wait. Super Mario <laughs> Brothers, the movie, the, the video, video game. game. <laughs> I, had, <laughs> I had that idea myself. I didn't write it down. <laughs> when I was thinking of stuff. All right. Okay. Uh, uh, so are we taking the same Mario mechanics, but you're just playing? Oh hell a no! Little, uh, like a little. Uh, have you seen that movie? It's got nothing to do with Mario, so therefore it can't have anything to do with current Mario games. It's almost got to be a point-and-click adventure game <laughs> because literally there's <laughs> only a very small part of the game where you're kind of doing Mario stuff. The rest of it is like 
you're almost a detective, you know, searching for Mario, maybe. Oh, that's a, that's a shame because I kind of was looking forward to just it just being Mario, but with just a tiny Bob Hoskins jumping around. <laughs> well, you, you could have maybe that as a mini game. So, okay, but do we take is this, is it a side scroller or no? Is it is it not? You know, I mean, obviously there's because they were in that movie. I mean, it's been a long it's been a long time since I've seen that movie. I mean, they were still defeating Coopers and stuff, weren't they? Not really. Like, no. most of it, they were just trying to get away from Dennis Hopper, who wasn't even really Cooper. You know, he was sort of like a, <laughs> you know, just a person. Oh, right. He was supposed to be King Cooper, but yeah. Okay. So, is it just is it just the plot of the movie in the adventure game, or are we yeah, taking pretty much. this further? Is it something else set in the amazingly fleshed out universe of- Super Mario Brothers, the movie, the video game. You know, I was, I was actually thinking in the movie- they're not even in their typical suits for, for most of it. They get into that towards the end, and it's like there was no jumping until the very end. There was just them hiding. Well, if they're just hiding, so does that mean it's like um, Alien Resurrection, where you're just having to hide in closets all the time? Yeah, except instead of you being you being the hider, you know, you're not actually the Mario Brothers. You're one of the Goombas who are, who are actually looking for, for Mario and Luigi. <laughs> Well, okay, no. I was here. I was thinking this because look, the video game world has a problem with a lack of representation with its protagonists. Yeah. So I don't remember the movie, but what was Princess Daisy, who I'm seeing here, is played by Samantha Mathis, doing through most of this movie? Um, she was like captured through most of it. Okay, okay, but. Let's say she got out. <laughs> and she was looking for Mario and Luigi? Well, she's helping them. She's doing something. She's like, she's got her own story going on. While Mario and Luigi are doing their shit, not jumping, not wearing the right colors, whatever they're doing. Being plumbers. Do they even, are they plumbers? They're just plumbers. They like plungers and things? Yeah, probably. And I'm thinking they're fixing pipes. They're not actually. All right. So they're just fixing pipe pipes. And that's a mini game. Yeah, at one point you take over from Mario and Luigi, but you're literally just playing like one of those pipe games where you have to like rotate the pipes. Mm-hmm. That's all they get to do in this game. <laughs> Princess Daisy, she's the real star. And uh, okay, like we can do LucasArts-esque adventure game. I love those games. So she's like solving the mystery. What's she trying to do? She's- Well, maybe maybe the first thing is she's trying to get out of the cell. Well, that's it. The first thing is you have to you have to- you have to get out of your captivity, okay? She kicks butt with that. We're not going to go into too many details because that will come from a later segment on a later episode. Ooh. Where we actually come up, where we actually come up with some foreshadowing, uh, yeah, some <laughs> some adventure game puzzles and things. But in this one, we'll we'll keep it high concept, high level. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, okay. And she so basically, it turns the whole movie on its head. Maybe makes it better. Maybe makes you appreciate the movie move the movie more. The movie that has 15% on Rotten Tomatoes yep. and 4 out of 10 on IMDb. Without a doubt, you have to have all the music from like the soundtrack. Okay. Did it have a, like, what was the soundtrack? So, um, you had Walk the Dinosaur. <laughs> 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 oh, yeah. Of course it, you did. It's highbrow stuff. Um, you actually had a track from Megadeth on there. It was Breakpoint. Okay. Yeah. I know because I actually purchased this thing. I the, got it for, for like Christmas in '92 or something right. like that. Well, that means that means we have the rights to use it, right? Because you're like the one person who bought it. So exactly, I'm pretty so. sure you just own the rights to the Super Mario Brothers soundtrack now. And it was many years before I realized that the one track I actually liked on that on that album was literally the Megadeth track. And then I eventually became a big Megadeth fan, like many years later. So that was your that was your pathway into Megadeth fandom? Well, no, it was actually, I found out many years later, hang on, I recognize that song. Oh, it was on here. I really <laughs> liked it back then. 
But that's actually why it came into my head because I actually had the I had the soundtrack. And I thought, you know, it's very meta. <laughs> so so this is Super Mario Brothers, the game, the movie, the game. <laughs> in a very Street Fighter the game, the movie, the game way. Damn it, you ruined another one that I had. <laughs> Wait, don't tell me you were gonna <laughs> Wait, that doesn't make sense because there already was one. You can't do Street Fighter the game, the movie, the game, the movie, the game. Because they didn't make a movie of that game. No, but like the Street Fighter, the movie, the game that they did was yeah. not, you know, it had nothing to do with the actual movie. It was just another Street Fighter game, just in with different graphics. So I was thinking, you know, Street Fighter, the movie is again a point and click adventure game. <laughs> you know what? If we're if we're going to do this segment often, we're going to have to not just make every game a LucasArts point and click adventure game following the plot of the movie. <laughs> that's going to get boring really quickly. Uh, okay. I know we both love adventure games, but. Okay, scrubbing out Resident Evil, the movie, the game. <laughs> I had a whole heap written down. I wasn't sure which one I was going to go with. <laughs> Jesus. Oh, God. Tomb Raider, the movie, the game. Yeah. Oh, God, those Tomb Raider movies were crap. <laughs> God, they make a great game, though. <laughs> okay, you got another one? Yeah, okay. So, I was thinking, and, you know, we've, we've both got kids, so I'm sure we've both watched this. I was thinking Ratatouille. The Pixar movie. Okay. The video game. So, there's a few different ways we could go with this. One of them is the LucasArts as... No, just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I mean, the natural the natural place to go with this is a cooking game, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know if you've if you've played any of those sorts of games where, you know, you, a lot of times they're Flash games, but there's, there's actually a really good one that I like called Cook, Serve, Delicious. <laughs> okay, but basically, uh, basically, you you get orders coming in. You have to sort of do a a, a a certain combination of keystrokes to to fulfill the order. And if you screw it up, you know things can happen. But I feel like so this is basically it's that sort of game. But you're adding an extra element in there because you're a fucking rat, right? Like you can't just reach the lettuce and then go over there and and grab the burger off the off the grill or whatever. So there's a real. So in other words, you're bringing in another puppet game. No, no, no. Well. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, okay. Because it's yeah, a you're VR right. like, game, in, and you, and you in control the, no, no, the puppet, in, and it's like no, no, you're just reusing controls from well, that- John Malkovich. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was just it was such a popular game. Like, there's all these clones coming out, and this is the first one. No, no, all right. Because all right, you're right. Because in the movie, you know, most of the time, Linguini is being uh, controlled by Remy, who's pulling his hair, and that somehow turns him into a puppet. I'm thinking this is a sequel game. Mm-hmm. Sequel tie-in. It's after. It's once they get to the point where, like, remember at the end, the basically the whole um, restaurant was being run by rats, wasn't it? Yes, it was. Yeah, yeah. So this is just you're one of those rats, or it could even be a co-op thing, overcooked style, where you're each playing rats, and you have to. That would basically just be a clone of that game, then, except that everything's bigger. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, you know what. We might have to cut this reference out because it's too <laughs> even by itself. It's that just basically overcooked. Anyway, <laughs> well, um, no, I, I think we can keep it. Yeah, well, we'll see. No, I've I've got an idea on which it's going to like throw overcooked out of the window. Okay, okay. Health inspector. Okay, so when the health inspector comes around, you all the rats have to hide. All the rats have to hide, and you've got to like have a standby crew ready to jump in. And it turns okay. out that that like this health inspector thinks that. You know, just like in the in the movie, he still doesn't quite believe that this um this place is one hundred percent legitimate. So he's always trying to sneak in, and you've you've got to sort of be ready to switch out the um the rats in 
in like okay. no time. So ha- how does that work from a gameplay perspective? Because presumably this 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 alternate crew doesn't actually know how to cook. It's just make your controls all fucked. <laughs> <laughs> like the way that like the way that so many games when you when they try to make you drunk, just like reverse your controls. Um, you know, in, instead of hitting you know P to put potatoes in the in the soup, you have to. It tells you P, but you know that you actually have to hit you know the button next to it or something just to just to give you that little bit of extra uh, difficulty or maybe you got to like type in the dead style you got to actually got to type potatoes all the way through and <laughs> you get longer words yes or something so when the when the rats are in control it's only you know simple things but when the health inspector turns out then you got to type in the whole bloody word <laughs> and uh do you have to hide the rats as well in the first place and so if you need to make you need to make sure that while you're cooking as some of this this uh, dummy crew that you don't accidentally pick up the piece of lettuce that the rat's hiding under, <laughs> <laughs> and the colander that the the you know the family rats are hiding under. And- yeah, yeah. See, there's, so there's an aspect of memory in there too. It's like, oh shit, where did I put that rat? Because I can't use that in this soup now. I can't use the you know I can't I can't use the the time because because one of my rats is hiding behind it. So what I'm also thinking is it'll be a single player game because we don't want to do any more multiplayer games today. No, no, single player, definitely. You actually have to sort of FIFA style control all the different rats. So they don't really do everything. Right. So you're like passing things off. And so you can only control one at a time because just like yep. in FIFA, they can't actually do anything um, unless you're controlling. So I mean, you're only doing, you're doing one ingredient at a time and you're sort of passing it from, from rat to rat. And if you miss, you could screw it up. Exactly. Over here, you're trying to make a dessert and you fire some custard out of the custard gun but it, you miss aim and it goes into the soup and then you've ruined that. Yeah. And then you have to rewrite the menu to try to <laughs> to try to make it as if you meant it. That's another aspect. <laughs> you've got, you've got this, your spin doctor rats who are there rewriting the menu so that whatever actually comes out. <laughs> actually, that could just be a little feature. Like at the end of your, your sort of day, as you've done all this, you get it, you get the menu at the end and it represents what actually went into all of the, th- all of the dishes you made based on all your fuck-ups. <laughs> <laughs> today you served rat hair <laughs> rat shit yeah, rat hair encrusted fish because yeah you all you <laughs> so all your rats have a little sim style poop meter and if you don't if you don't like switch them out with other rats you end up with rat droppings in your in your dishes as well you lose you lose stars for that unless unless you get that one critic who's just into that like that's just he just he doesn't know what it is that you put in that ratatouille, but mwah. I, I'm just picturing that the um that one of the things that the health inspector can do is actually put down rat poison. So you got to be careful as to which rats are going near it because they're all you know kind of like catnip or cocaine. They're going to be attracted to it. Right, right. You get them too close and and they they can't help it and then you down a rat and it just makes the whole game more difficult. And also they might fall into that blender that you're making smoothies <laughs> with. <laughs> oh yuck. I'm not sure what the menu would say at the end of that. Is it is it just exactly what it is? Like it says, you know, blended rat smoothie with banana, or is it? Uh, does it try to does it try to sugarcoat it? <laughs> I think you'd have to sugarcoat yeah. it. <laughs> Sugarcoated rat smoothie. <laughs> no, it's yeah, it's like raspberry in quotations smoothie <laughs> with a hint of wheat grass, <laughs> not rat hair. <laughs> <laughs> it actually says that. It says not, not rat, rat hair. hair. 
It yeah. does. It does not have any cyanide. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because there's probably like yeah. That's that's when one of the rat poisoned <laughs> the poisoned rats falls into the soup. <laughs> so you get a score for how many of your customers died as well. You lose points. You lose points. It's like whoops, you served rat poison in this one because not only if just a poison rat falls in there, but you, you could have them accidentally grab that instead of the salt. Um, <laughs> grab the rat poison because it's in the salt shaker. <laughs> <laughs> not necessarily, yeah, but you're in the heat of the moment and. <laughs> the thing of rat poison that the health inspectors put down is next to the salt. And yeah, I, I, I love the idea of like FIFA style, these little rats and stuff just running around this fucking kitchen, like throwing ingredients to each other but, to but, make these meals. But also, you know, you've got the occasional one that's going for, for the rat trap or something like that. And you've got to make sure that they're not getting getting near it. So you've got to cycle to them and then move them away and right, get them yeah, doing something. Because they're dumb. Yeah. So is. Is Remy the rat in this? Do you think we can get Patton Oswalt to to come and do voices for us? How does that work? Or does he come in as like a power-up or something? Oh, you know what it is? This isn't the original restaurant. This is like- Oh, you're starting a new franchise. This is a new franchise. So, he's taught all these rats in the tutorial. So, he can come in, do his like 12 lines and then fuck off. Ah, perfect. Yeah. Well, that-, that He's only in for an afternoon. That'll, that makes it much more likely that we'll be able to get him. For sure. Yeah. And and if not, then we can just do what Disney used to do. And that's sort of like, just take little snippets of lines. Oh, no, just oh, take little just- snippets of lines and <laughs> from the movie and just sort of put them in there and just have text for the rest of it. It's like, hi, I'm Remy. And then, bang, you just got bucket loads of text. <laughs> you cut up the movie so you know all the lines you have. You mm-hmm. write your text that you want in the game. And just every time one of those words matches one of those lines, <laughs> you, just, you just insert it in. So, you know, it's half the words aren't going to be there, but you've still got, you could, you know, you could maybe, you could fudge that as fully voiced by Patton Oswalt. <laughs> it's like, hello and welcome to the, and we don't have the word for tutorial, so it just says it, for Ratatouille. <laughs> you, you just have this guy Michael from accounting, he goes, tutorial. (laughs) (laughs) Hi, and welcome to the tutorial for the game Ratatouille. (laughs) Perfect. No one will notice. No one will notice. No, of course not. Um, Look, I think we've got time for maybe just one more. Yeah, okay. Have you got Um, one lined up? So, I've got one lined up. Beverly Hills Cop 3. Three specifically. Specifically, because I want I want the fairground scene. Okay, okay. So there's you've got a good set in there for yeah for the, so for the ideas. I'm thinking that this could be like a GTA style. You know, your your okay. Axel Foley, Axel Foley, and you are literally running around. You can commandeer vehicles. You can do all that sort of stuff. Um, and it's kind of like a, a sandbox. You yeah. know, do you if have you- like a, a a quip button. So oh yeah! Say a funny, funny line. Yeah, every time that you hit F, you know a different a different quip comes up, um, yep. and he just randomly says that to people. Yeah, um, and they laugh. And- they laugh, and then you know maybe you can bring in some things like you can put a banana in a tailpipe or something like that. Oh, that's got to be yeah, that's got to be sure. It's in the first one, but still. <laughs> yeah, but you know you have to mine the whole series, even if it, even if we're doing Beverly Hills Cop three, you can't be you can't be too picky on this stuff. You know, sure you'll get, sure you'll get those, those 
Beverly Hills cop heads out there who are just obsessed with the theories and come in and say, oh, well, actually, uh, he didn't put a banana in the tailpipe in Beverly Hills Cop 3. That was in the original Beverly Hills Cop. Sorry to all those Beverly Hills Cop super fans out there who are just offended with that voice. Maybe you don't actually sound like that. I'm trying to remember what that other film that he was in, that Eddie Murphy was in, and he played like... 48 Hours? No, no, he played like a, a rebel cop sort of thing. Coming to America? No. The Clumps. The Clumps. We shouldn't be, we shouldn't be using these... You shouldn't be using these ideas up. Put those on the list, man. I want to make it. I want. I think, in fact, forget Beverly Hills Cop too. Let's make a movie of the Clumps. No, let's make a movie of Delirious. <laughs> it's just, <laughs> that way. You have to write jokes. <laughs> you you got to put like put the right punchline to the to the joke. No, the whole first half of the game is you. You have to put all the baby powder on so you can slide into the red leather suit. <laughs> Eddie Murphy right. filmography. I've got to find this out. <laughs> what do you? Oh, you're looking for the movie. Okay. Ah, Metro. Oh, Metro. Okay. Yeah. Well, that so doesn't sound as interesting. Yeah. So you know you can in- include some some things from Metro as well, which was pretty much yeah, like that just Beverly classic Hills Met- that four, classic but- scene from Metro where he is on is on a Metro train on the Metro. <laughs> now nah, we'll just we'll just stick with Beverly Hills Cop. The reason why I actually chose three, three. is because if you, if you remember um, GTA Grand Theft Auto, the first two were top down. And I don't really want that. So three is where they went three days. So therefore, <laughs> right. it's got to be okay. three. So you want it, okay? So you want Grand Theft? So are we using the Grand Theft Auto three engine for this? To oh yeah, without a doubt. Not not the later one no. because we couldn't afford. Look, this that. is the thing. Everyone's making these retro two D games. Where are all the retro 3D games? Yeah, so we'll make a retro. Where 3D are all the game. giant unshaded polygons? And in fact, to make things easier, we'll just we'll just steal Liberty City and rebrand it as Beverly Hills. <laughs> exactly. Oh, actually, no, no, sorry, that that's a bad idea because it's not Los Angeles. Let's let's steal San Andreas, and then you know we've got you know the whole the whole area as well. You know, and it's actually Beverly Hills. Okay, so we use the San Andreas. Engine. Yeah, San Andreas, oh, yeah. which is still Grand Theft Auto so Three. Now, everybody who has seen Beverly Hills Cop 3, and of course, who hasn't? Because it's just a classic, is waiting for that moment. Like, at what, at what point do you get that gun that has, like, the boombox built into it? <laughs> I think I think that's got to be unlo- that was the un- thing, right? unlockable about halfway through. Or DLC. If it's a, it's, um, it's oh, a JB Hi-Fi it's a, it's exclusive. A, there you go. It's a pre-order exclusive. Pre-order exclusive. Only a JB Hi-Fi. And you've got to buy the collector's edition, which is like 250 bucks. But it comes with a mini version of that gun. Like a mini little model of it. But it doesn't work. No, it should it should play tapes. This is so <laughs> rare. Like we're bringing back cassette tapes. Everyone's got that box of of old cassette tapes sitting in their, in their cupboard. They haven't had anything to play with them. They play them on for years. Unless they have a really old car. Mm-hmm. Now they do. And I'm thinking because, you know, not... Not many people would actually have these. It has to actually be legitimate tapes. You can't just have, you know, copied the tape. You know, you want legitimate tapes in there. You don't want oh, any piracy. Oh, there's going to be some some severe copy protection. We'll figure out a way to do that, right? Like, that's a technology that we could come up with. It's a detail. It's a detail. Yeah, developers can work it out. Devs, devs <laughs> will figure that out. Hardware developers this time. Hand it over to Rockstar. No, but they'll cost too much. Let's let's go for, I don't know, what's a, what's a cheaper... Come on, they're using their own old engine. <laughs> like, how much can it cost? No, but that's that's the problem. <laughs> they're not going to want to use the old engine. They're going to want to watch no, the... They're going to, want to write a, they're going to want to write a new Grand Theft Auto 6 engine so they can render the cassette gun in high fidelity and... Okay, so I think I think they're all our um, they're all our games for today. I 
I think we've we've done a pretty good job. I think we're going to make a lot of money out of these when someone makes it. And oh yeah, I mean it's going to happen immediately. They're going to they they leave us as producers, and you know, game designed by Trevor and Ben. Uh, well, I mean, we're going to have to be careful. We don't want to we don't want to put people off making these games because they think they're going to owe us money. Maybe we need to release these under some sort of Creative Commons. As long as we're credited, people will come back to us for ideas. They'll want to pay us money once one of these games has been made. Yeah, maybe they, you know, they make fifty billion dollars and they want to throw us a billion. Yeah, I mean that's a pretty standard, standard profit on games, right? Yeah, it's got to be. Yeah, I'm pretty sure, particularly movie titans. You know that Deadpool the game (laughs) made fifty billion dollars more than the movie. Yeah, everybody loved that game. Well, when you consider how many people watched it at ten dollars a ticket in America versus sixty nine dollars a game. In America, so in fact, let's let's round it up to a hundred because it's easier to work out. You know, you just you times whatever <laughs> they made by ten, and you're fine. Yeah, it's got to be in the billions. Pretty sure. I mean, the highest grossing game of all time was Superman on the Nintendo sixty four, right? <laughs> yeah, I, this is the thing. We're gonna. If there's anything that the game industry needs more, it's random people online who are ideas men and just telling them what games they should make. Like they're just nobody's doing that. Well, cool games in car, but still. <laughs> yeah, we should maybe we should maybe just throw out a little thank you and hi to Cool Games Inc. because they sort of inspired the the segment that started on Two Sweary Dads, which is Click Pitch, uh, which led to us doing this podcast. So, thank you, Griffin and Nick, because you're funnier than we are and made us want to be funny too. You you give us something to strive for. We're not going to be making Tim McGraw's What If Trucks Fates sort of money, but you know <laughs> we can strive for excellence. That's all we have time for here on Lamestorming this week. So what do you think, Ben? Shall we start development? Nah, I can't be fucked. And of course, all the NPCs have their own things that they may or may not be carrying they have hats on so okay so <laughs> so i'm thinking part of the strategy for the for to figure out whether someone's an npc is it like knocking their hats off and shit but without with being too obvious about it can you tell them their shoes untied and they bend over and their hat falls off and you're like all right they don't have a bomb under their hat that there's not a there's not a stick of dinosaur uh, dinosaur dinosaur they don't have a dinosaur in under their hat so they're not the spy dynamite 